This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. I don't know what it is lately, but I'm on this sort of kick of I don't know if it's more spontaneous stuff where, where people have asked me about expectations and, you know, how to maintain tanks, all that kind of stuff. And so I thought this is kind of fun time to, to maybe talk about this. Um, botanical method aquariums are gaining wider and wider exposure and acceptance in the aquarium world. I don't have to tell you that. Although we've said it for years, it's not something that's necessarily new or was invented by any one hobbyist or company or anything like that. Uh, it's something that's been natural. No one can claim that the idea that nature is perfected over eons. However, I think it's a concept that is getting a fresh or even a first look by many hobbyists. And yeah, it's a concept or really a methodology with its own set of, you know, practices, techniques, and expectations that we've been, been talking about here for years. And it's important to go just beyond looking at the use of botanicals as hardscape pieces to accent our aquascapes. What we've come to call functional aesthetics and looms large in the world that we operate in here. If you started working with botanicals in your aquariums over the past few months, you've probably gained an awareness that although these are unique and aesthetically beautiful aquariums, like any other methodology, they're not set and forget systems. Because of the very nature of botanicals and how they interact with their environment, you need to regularly observe, evaluate, and sometimes scrub and replace botanicals as needed. You need to understand the progression of things that happens as your tank matures or establishes itself. And perhaps most important, you need to make some mental adjustments to accept and appreciate this different aesthetic and set of functions. Boy, we talk about that to the point you want to bash me over the head, I know. We've talked on numerous occasions about the various stages through which a botanical method aquarium you know, progresses as it matures and settles in, which includes, you know, recruitment of fungal growth, algae, biofilms, and the physical softening and eventual breakdown of the botanicals themselves. We've all come to understand that the materials will interact with the environment directly, imparting tannins, humic substances, and other organic material into the water. We like to characterize botanicals as dynamic uh, because they're not really static or inert in nature, are they? All of this adds up to a system that requires plenty of observation and management, which really is no different, no more challenging, and probably even less mentally taxing than, say, a high-tech, you know, planted aquarium or a specialized breeding setup for fishes like discus or angels or whatever. Like any system, the botanical method aquarium requires some specific observation and maintenance practices in order to keep it performing at an optimum level for its inhabitants. We talked about this the other day. Is there a real timetable, though, for how one of these tanks progresses after you start it up? Well, I wouldn't say there's a hard and fast timetable, but at the very least, there's a somewhat predictable set of expectations that we can work with and a succession of things that happen. And there's some practices to engage in along the way. So if we break it down into, you know, stages, let's say from startup to the first three weeks of the tank, basically all you're doing is you're observing to make sure that, you know, your botanicals are 
remaining negatively buoyant, i.e. waterlogged, staying down. You know, remove ones that are floating unless that's your thing or if something smells like rotten eggs. Yeah, sometimes that happens with certain botanicals, mainly seed pods on occasion. Depending on your water chemistry, the quality of botan- uh, you know, quality and quantity of the botanicals being used and the filtration media employed, you'll start to see that water tint up after a few days, reaching a, probably a maximum after about two to three weeks. Now, despite our love of the color, it's important to perform regular water exchanges and other maintenance like you would on any other aquarium, even during this relatively new time in your aquarium. Uh, from say one month to two months out, that's when you'll likely see the maximum growth of biofilms and fungal, you know, um, diversity on the botanicals. And this is part of the game when we, you know, is a place when we could separate the, the hobbyists who understand the process and those who have not done their homework. And uh, what happens is like, that's when I get the emails from people saying, I, all my stuff is turning into a bunch of goo. Well, you haven't read about it, have you? Or haven't listened to the tent, but you guys are smarter. As we've discussed you know, numerous times here over the years, biofilms and fungal growths are completely natural and expected part of utilizing dried botanicals in an aquarium. When you submerge dried botanical materials, fungal growths will colonize them as well as biofilms. The aesthetics of this process is not everybody's idea of beautiful, and that's understandable. However, it's a normal, natural part of the game. Biofilms and fungal growths will always be present to some extent during the lifetime of your botanical method aquarium. We need to just accept this. During the initial phases, you'll have several options. You can physically scrub these growths off of the botanicals as needed, accepting that they will likely reappear and that you're interrupting the very processes you're trying to foster. You could employ biological controls like, you know, shrimp, maybe some snails, even some fish that will help do this. Uh, In fact, many will forage regularly as part of their diet. Or you can just do nothing. You can wait it out. You can understand that you're establishing an ecology in your tank and that these are vital components of that ecology. As we just talked about the other day, you start siphoning out every bit of detritus and fungal growth and all that stuff. You're taking away somebody's food. You're interrupting a, a, the construction of a food web and a you know, feeding cycle within the aquarium. You don't really want to do that. As your tank breaks in further, two to say four months out, your aquarium's no doubt sort of settled into a comfortable, more stable situation. And hopefully you've come to appreciate the more natural appearance of your aquarium by now. Some of the softer, more transient botanicals like leaves will likely have broken down significantly at this point and no doubt need some replacement. Notice I didn't say you need to take them out because I'm a firm believer in leaving them in until they completely decompose. Um, again, as in nature, to keep a constant sort of environment you need to replenish leaves and botanicals as they break down, if that's your thing, unless you want a tank of just detritus, which is also an interesting kind of a setup, but I think it's more natural to actually have an influx of leaves and botanicals over time. So the need to employ regular maintenance practices like water exchanges, you know, filter media replacement and occasional water tests uh, like you would in any other tank, any other tank is, is uh, you know, a good idea. Uh, by this time, you'll kind of recognize what's normal for your system and any deviations from that normal become very obvious to you. Now, as a side note on maintenance, you can condition your replacement water for water exchanges by soaking some prepared leaves or botanicals in the storage containers for several days prior to use. I talked about this in my little quick hits uh, podcast just a, uh, just before this one. It creates a certain degree of consistency, and of course, that adds to the tinted color of the water. 
So periodically evaluate your aquarium and decide if you want to exchange or simply add some new botanicals to your system. There's no exact science to this, like with so many things that we do, and it will require you to go with your gut and make decisions based on what your goals are and what by now you consider normal for your system. Again, with no rules, it's kind of liberating. Now, after a few months, it's likely that you'll either just love this style of aquarium or you'll decide it's not for you. <laughs> Perhaps the tinted water, the decomposing stuff, and the earthy appearance are something that speaks to you. I hope so. Or maybe it's just like, no, this is not for me. Obviously, you know, this is just a, a set of guidelines of baseline expectations. It's not the comprehensive treatise on the management and the expectation of every botanical method aquarium. It is, however, meant to serve as a very rough guide as to what typically happens during the early life of one of these tanks and what to expect. Your experience may vary, um, but these observations were made based on my own experiences and others who have worked with these types of aquariums for years. It's intended to serve as a sort of a cue card for you to understand the various phases of your aquarium and what may be expected. Depending on many factors, such as your base water chemistry, the maintenance practices that you use, the filtration, the timeline could be longer or shorter, but the markers, the things that happen, the events to note, are typically the same. In the end, one conclusion you can draw from this very, very, very brief cursory review on you know, botanical aquarium expectations is that they're by no means difficult to create or to maintain. And in fact, once established and stable, they may prove to be some of the most stable, simple systems you've ever worked with. You just need to learn the rules as nature has established them and to manage your expectations based on this knowledge. Probably, again, the biggest adjustments that you need to make are mental ones. You need to accept that this type of tank will look and function fundamentally different than all other types of aquariums that you've maintained before. Obviously, the tint in the water is the most obvious, and this can be managed to a certain degree by employing activated carbon or purigen or whatever, or not. As you also, you, you know, you'll have to get used to a certain amount of stuff decomposing in your tank. This is part of the game. It's natural and it's part of the aesthetic and accepting the fact that you'll see fungal growth and biofilm is something that many aquarists really grapple with. They have a difficult time with it. I get it. We come from a culture of everything's got to be crystal clear and perfect. It's very challenging. Again, as I said the other day in my maintenance uh, uh, episode here, it's not an excuse to develop or accept lax maintenance practices. It's simply a call to awareness that there's probably nothing wrong with your system when you see all this stuff going on. It's quite contrary to what we've been acculturated to believe when it comes to evaluating the aesthetics of a typical aquarium. Again, I encourage you observe videos and photos of underwater photos of uh, environments like Amazonia, etc. And you'll see that your tank is a much closer, more as realistic aesthetic approximation of nature than almost any other tank you've ever worked with before. And functionally it is too. The realization is that it's perfectly natural and entirely consistent with the nature of these environments to have some of this stuff is probably, you know, little comfort to you if you just can't handle looking at a field of, you know, yuck on your botanicals. I can't stress enough the need to make those mental shifts. As we've discussed, management of this stuff is entirely up to you and what you can tolerate and understanding the consequences of removing it. Generally, the speaking, the biofilms and the fungal growths are somewhat self-limiting that ultimately they'll disappear or reduce to a more manageable oh, I don't say manageable a level that maybe uh, you can tolerate aesthetically um, as a result of possibly as a result of the animals in your tank consuming them or you know 
um, they're not finding as much nutrient or colonization surface as they were before, or whatever. But they eventually drop off to a sort of a, a baseline level. Now, the decomposition of transient materials like leaves and seed pods is simply part of the natural dynamic, and that's going to continue as long as you choose to employ these materials in your aquarium. If you observe carefully, you may note all kinds of interesting things going on in that seemingly uh, random aggregation of decomposing material. Spawning, fishes feeding, fishes sheltering, all kinds of interesting things. You'll note that a lot of your fishes are spending a significant amount of time foraging through that broken down matter, just like they do in nature. Ultimately, the decision to create a botanical method aquarium is as much a philosophical one as it is a practical one. To accept nature rather than to fight it is a bit at odds with the mindset that many of us have with regards to aquarium keeping. As you begin to understand and evaluate your own aquarium, you'll gain a greater appreciation for, you know, what sounds cliche, but for the wonders of nature and for the processes that have occurred in nature for eons. So stay open-minded, stay adventurous, stay curious, stay diligent, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.